Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. The year started with a pole position and a victory to this young New Zealander. And then he went on and won at Mid-Ohio as well. Scott McLaughlin got the pole in dominant fashion yesterday. Scott McLaughlin wins the Grand Prix of Portland for his third career win. He likes to call their team the Thirsty Threes, and the Thirsty Threes will celebrate tonight. 104 of the 110 laps led. That was McLaughlin's day. There you go. That was yesterday from uh, Oregon and Andy Carr. Scotty McLaughlin taking that race out. Scott Dixon coming in third. Uh, Will Power came in second. He leads the championship on 523 points with Newgarden and Dixon tied on 503. Uh, back from them is Marcus Erickson in fourth on 484. Scotty McLaughlin on 482 as well in fifth. Uh, Dave Turner joins us now to talk uh, the end of the Indy Car season. G'day, Dave. How are you? I'm good, Ricardo. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good. It was a, a great race. Great race for the Kiwis. I guess uh, from a slightly selfish point of view, just a pity that Will Power finished second. Well, I think it's it's stats heaven, really. And the, the big thing that I take out of it is in IndyCar history, it was the first ever Australasian podium clean sweep. Okay, we've got an Aussie in there as well, but it was an Australasian podium and that's never happened before in IndyCar and uh, I mean Scott has uh, he's missed a consistency, Scott Dixon that is has missed a consistency <laughs> he? he hasn't won many races this season but he's always in that sort of top six to eight, he always seems to pick up points Yeah and you know he's notorious now for this strong second half of the season which you know sometimes worries me because you kind of get to the position where you think oh yeah he'll come good in the second half of the season and you know one day it may not but you know again he's put himself in championship contention Um, it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out personally I think that Will Power will go in as a firm favourite but um, as he said all season, stranger things can happen in this championship, and they certainly have. You know, it's been a it's been a great year where we've had 16 races so far with eight different winners, nine different pole sitters, um, and now we're down to effectively five people that can still claim the championship with one round to go. Well, we uh, we have this uh, this last race of the season coming up this weekend uh, at Monterey. Uh, Colton Herder likes that track. He's had two wins there in the last three seasons. He's out of the running for the championship as such, but he could throw a spanner in the works for the others. Oh yeah, definitely. Like anyone who anyone who takes those big points and even the the bonus point for you know pole position or laps led is going to impact how the championship plays itself out. 
and in many ways that may still favour willpower because it's taking points away from the others like Dixon and Newgarden particularly that need as many points as they possibly can to overhaul Will. So, um, yeah, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of variables in there, but that's the nature of IndyCar racing, and it has always been that way. If you compare that to where we kind of sit with Formula 1 at the moment, we've still got seven-odd races to go this year. You know, it's pretty much Max's championship, and we've seen that kind of in the past with Lewis Hamilton as well. But with IndyCar, I've followed it now for over 20 years, and we're in the situation where year after year after year, the championship goes to the wire. And I, I just think as a fan of the sport, let alone, you know, someone that works around the sport, this is this says so much for the fact that they've got all the ingredients right with, with the IndyCar Championship. The way they do their point scoring uh, enables, you know, a, a championship to go to the wire like this, and it's fantastic. Well, before we get into, into, the, uh, in, into needing a PhD in mathematics to work out what's going to happen uh, next uh, week, um, let's, talk, <laughs> let's talk about what <laughs> happened uh, this weekend, go on, and Scott McLaughlin. Um, he brings something different, doesn't he? Um, what have you made of his transition? Yep. Second season in, he hasn't had any second season syndrome. If anything, he's just gotten better and better. Well, I've talked to him a lot this year uh, and saw you know saw him around the month of May when we were up in the states and and talked to him at every one of the you know the IndyCar press conferences and things that he's been at. And he's he's very chilled. He, he's very happy where he is uh, and where he's put himself career-wise. I think probably he's first to admit that last year maybe he had some doubts that he'd maybe taken on a bit too much and had to deliver on it. But, um, you know, this year he certainly has. You know, he's had race wins and pole positions, probably more than maybe some people would have thought that he he may have got, not in his eyes because he's hungry for more. Um, But he's learned a lot. You know, I talked to him particularly after Nashville and the precision around those street courses where he's done quite well, just as he did at the season opener in in St. Pete. And the difference between driving the supercar and the IndyCar, and as he said to me, you know, in the supercar, he sat on the right-hand side of the car and he could basically use the wing mirror to scuff against the concrete wall and he knew that that was, you know, the edge of the car. But in IndyCar, he's seen in the centre of the car and if he puts a wheel by the wall, then he's in, you know, he's in deep snook. So um, quite a different adaptation to his driving style as a result of that and he's adapted to the ovals as well you know look at that performance at texas in the second round of the championship really that should have been another one yeah that's interesting you mentioned that because it feels like you know he was coming from behind in terms of uh adapting to the ovals uh maybe wasn't quite uh, you know level playing field for him there but that has gotten better and better this year but the thing that stood out for me uh you know watching particularly nashville is just how much more comfortable and how much more of an advantage uh he seemed to have on a road circuit versus a lot of the other drivers i mean we saw a lot of guys not being able to cope with road circuits how many guys went into the wall and, uh, uh, you know, on that street circuit um, compared to what we see on an oval, whereas him, it was just like second nature. Yeah, well, I, I said to him that it reminded me a lot of seeing him years ago at Adelaide in the backside of the Adelaide um, street circuit. And he, he just, he said to me, he said, no, nah, it's just, he said, we, we just felt that we had the car exactly how we wanted it. And, uh, and we were in a good place, you know, and I, I think that that's a Penske thing too. And it's something that Roger does with the, the team. He has this coin that he gives, you know, certain members of the team and I'll, it's like a heads and tails type thing, but it basically says, 
hard work equals rewards. And I think that that's, that's where it's gone. And, and, and Penske play as a team. You know, there was no team orders yesterday. There's been a little bit of talk about that. And Will kind of almost thought that there, there would be. I think if we get in the situation this weekend at Laguna um, and, say, McLaughlin was leading but had no chance of winning the championship, sure, team orders would come into play. But Penske's leaders, drivers play this championship out, just as Ganassi has, and I, I credit to both those teams because that's what's helped provide us a championship. You know, they could have easily covered for a nominated driver early on in the, in the series and it could have become a bit of a yawn, but these are teams uh, scrapping it out with the drivers all, you know, doing their own thing, and that's, that's what racing's supposed to be all about. All right, well, let's look ahead to Monterey this weekend. Uh, the circuit, who do you think it suits the most? Um, well, the Ganassi team tested there last week, so there, the teams had some options on tests, on private tests, which they nominate way back in February, and Penske took the option of testing at Portland, uh, which they did before the race, and Ganassi drove all the way down to Laguna and tested there. So if you look at what came out of that test, Dixon actually wasn't that flash, um, but Palau was very quick around there. So again, he could be a person who takes points. Uh, which maybe not so advantageous to Scott, but it could screw, you know, willpower around a little bit or, or impact the championship. So I, yeah, I don't know the, the situation with Palau and Ganassi and the the legal issues that are going on there and relating to McLaren and everything. I think has actually done Alex Palau in a little bit. I don't know if it favours Ericsson, but Ericsson's going to need to really pull something out. And as you said earlier on, you know, the man at the moment at the moment could be someone like Colton Herter. He He's strong around there. He's a Californian native, so he'll have a bit of a fan base there, and that'll share him on. And, of course, his name um, could be majorly in the headlines this weekend uh, because Red Bull are due to announce whether or not he'll be joining the Tory squad or Red Bull long-term in Formula 1. So, you know, Herter's... Uh, got all sorts of things in front of him this weekend, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, if Colton Herter goes there, that torpedoes Liam Lawson, doesn't it, from getting a GP1 drive next season? Well, I think what it does, there's, all, there's, there's a lot of scenarios going on, but the interesting part about it all is that Christian Horner has come out saying that they are very keen on Herter for a long-term role with Red Bull. Uh, but the AlphaTauri thing is the is the place for him. So, yeah, it would impact Liam, although I don't think either driver at Red Bull is safe right now. Gasly uh, is keen to go to Alpine, and he would be released because uh, AlphaTauri have said that they would do that, um, and whether Sonoda stayed on as well is, is yet to be determined. But it's a, it's a ugly game, and the, the bottom line fact with Herder going there is he still doesn't actually have enough super licence points uh, and that needs to go before the FIA for approval. So there's lots of ifs, buts, and maybes, but he's, you know, he's well and truly on the radar. But I would pick him for a win, potentially, uh, at Laguna this weekend, and I'd also pick Alex Palau. I don't see any of the championship contenders necessarily taking out the win. Well, if that doesn't happen, is it um, as as it basically as it looks at the moment? Then is it uh, pretty much Will Powers to lose? Yeah, well, if you look at it, Power basically he can win the series by finishing third or better. So there's without taking into account the bonuses for laps led and qualifying. Marcus Ericsson, who you know has been a long-time championship leader uh, and you know really benefited from the double points at Indianapolis with the win there, he can't win the series if Power finishes 14th or higher. Wow! So really, Ericsson's a, a long odds. McLaughlin is in the same situation. He can't win the championship if Power finishes 16 or higher. 
Okay. So we so, need a DNF for willpower, is what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. But then if you look at if you look at willpower this year. 69% of the races this year, this is where he's played the consistency game. He's finished in the top four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going, to be so, hard. he's going to be hard to stop, isn't he? Yeah, and it's a very different willpower because, again, when you talk to him, he's, he's much more relaxed, Ricardo. He's, he does, the, the flippantness is still there, but the aggravation and the, and the kind of, I don't know, moody aspects that sometimes that you get with Will isn't there. He's been very chilled all year, and he's played a very smart, long game. So at the end of the day, you kind of go, well, he's the guy that's really earned this one. You know, not that any of the others haven't, and certainly our two boys haven't. McLaughlin, very long odds, but he did everything possible. He took out the absolute maximum number of points at Portland. Um, but, you know, the scenario for him is a lot harder. Dixon, on the other hand, he clawed his way back after Nashville with that, you know, pretty amazing win down there. And that's got him back in the game. And the thing that's hurt him and it will haunt him for a long time, was Indianapolis and the, mm. the pit lane speed violation. Because without that, then uh, he would have been you know, serious contender right now, that's for sure, if not leading. Yeah, well, I mean, what, is, what needs to happen for Scott Dixon for him to win uh, the Indy Championship? Uh, I think you need to see willpower. The math gets harder to work out, I have to say, so I haven't done the full PhD. But um, he would need to probably finish in the top three and he'd need willpower to finish, you know, probably in 12th or further back. So it's it's quite a bit harder. But, you know, Laguna can provide that. It's an interesting circuit. You've got, you know, a big uphill climb and then you've got the famous corkscrew turns through there. Um, the grip level is way different to what it was at Portland. A lot less grip, a lot less... Uh, there's, there's a more sandy nature around the edges of the track because it's near you know, the seaside and stuff, so you get a lot of grit and stuff on the track. So there's a lot less grip, so it's a very, very different circuit to what we saw this weekend just past. What's the, uh, I mean, I, I don't expect you to have the exact uh, numbers in front of you, but, you know, sort of your uh, your take on it, your impression of it, um, in terms of the number of DNFs you get somewhere like that where it's easier to spin the car, is that excessively more than it is at other places? No, I don't think so, because even at the corkscrew, there's still an, an element of runoff area there, so it's not so bad. It's not like being at a, a street course, you know, with concrete walls and stuff around it. So I I think the yellow flag period there previously has been quite minimal. Um, the retirement factor can still be quite high, but the, um, you know, the... The actual yellow flag period is probably not too bad, so it's quite favourable for seeing that play itself out. Um, and I think the Chevy Honda mix is probably pretty even as well. So, um, it's, yeah, it's it's another race in the championship, and they all go in as equals, really. And we've seen that all year, and uh, and that's the exciting thing about it. You know, this championship had seven contenders uh, going into this weekend. Just being, we've now got five contenders, and one of them's going to come out with. Um, a dirty great big trophy and a very nice check. Yeah, indeed. All right, Dave. Hey, listen, thanks very much for coming on and doing the maths for me because it's never been a strong point, <laughs> to be fair. I look forward to Monday. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully we'll talk next week and hopefully we'll be talking about, I think, uh, Scott with a D uh, winning a championship um, and making more IndyCar history with seven titles to his name, which would just be absolutely phenomenal. But I think just before we go, without a doubt, Anyone who uh, has ever thought about these guys uh, just driving around in circles and stuff on ovals, 
McLaughlin has adapted to this like no tomorrow. It's a very hard discipline, and both of them are doing great. And the Kiwis in the feeder series, just amazing. We've got a great future in the US, that's for sure. Good stuff. Uh, Dave Turner there with us talking IndyCar. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto, don't work on your deck, play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.